Hello there, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Hope you're well. I'm sitting here in my living room at 8.30 watching Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Liverpool have just taken the lead uh, in the Premier League. Trent Alexander-Arnold with a fantastic free kick. And there is 22 minutes gone there, but it's still sweltering hot here. Liverpool perhaps closing in on the Premier League title. Welcome to the podcast in association with Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham, who are masters and specialists in top quality home installation and, of course, Bang & Olufsen equipment. But through their sister company, brother company, Serene AV, which is all housed in this town that I live in, in Cheltenham, in their store there, they will offer consultation on the best equipment for home installation. So it's not just Bang Olufsen. So worth getting in touch with them through the website, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham, or through social media, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to get in touch. Jason Briggs is uh, the boss man, but great team, great convivial team there. Uh, get in touch with them and uh, heads up or shout out to Cytoplan as well, food-based supplements, uh, a company not far from here. My father, who is a GP, and a, um, a nutritionist and someone who's helped design supplements with Cytoplan. He recommends one called Immunovite, which contains selenium, zinc, and vitamin C, to name but a few things. Cytoplan, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. Head there, and you can use a discount code DRAPER10, my last name, all in capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R, the number 10, and you'll get a 10% discount, a raft of uh, top quality supplements there as we look to optimize our immunity at the moment then we stay as healthy as we can i hope you are well amidst the ongoing coronavirus crisis although things are sort of being released a little bit in the uk hopefully not prematurely hopefully there won't be a second spike here but i have had a beer in a park today in the blistering sunshine which was very nice with my daughter so enjoyed that speaking of daughters uh, a woman coming up on the podcast today this is an interview i did for sky sports my day job last week or kind of a job that I've taken on since our shifts in the studio at Sky have, have gone down in terms of our presenting work. It's something I've taken on during lockdown, which is interviewing MMA and boxers, uh, MMA fighters and boxers for our YouTube at Sky. And this is a lady called Heather Hardy. And speaking of daughters, she took up boxing to support her daughter. She's a single mum and she's in New York and she took it up and won a world title. In Madison Square Garden, she headlined Madison Square Garden as well. But despite all that, she's been, in her sense, is um, kind of forced to take up mixed martial arts with Bellator, who uh, you can see their highlight shows every Saturday night on Sky Sports, looking back at some some kind of marquee cards. But Heather has gone into that because she says boxing, despite being at Madison Square Garden headlining, wasn't making her that much money. It's kind of fascinating and insight into women's combat sports. She's very candid. I appreciate it. She's very self-deprecating. I don't think she needs to be because I think she's very talented. She's a world champion, but it's uh, worth listening to. She's got a great Brooklyn accent as well. I hope you enjoy this, guys. Remember, you can rate it on iTunes anytime as well. would appreciate that. Definitely resonates and uh, give me feedback as well. I appreciate it. Get in touch if you listen to the podcast. Always nice to hear from a listener. Ed Draper, 81 on social media, particularly Twitter. It's Ed underscore Draper, 81 on Instagram. I'm sure you'll find me there. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And I hope you enjoy this. This is uh, Heather Hardy, an interview I did for Sky Sports. Hello there and welcome to an MMA and boxing conversation for Sky Sports. Really pleased to say we are joined by Heather the Heat Hardy, former world champion boxer, MMA fighter as well. Heather, how are you? Great to see you. I understand it's, it's good weather in Brooklyn now. Yeah, beautiful weather. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Well, it's great to speak to you. Really appreciate your time. I know read some passionate articles from you because I know that you've obviously made 
a lot of income through fighting, but you've also had your personal training, your, your fitness business. How difficult has the, the whole time of lockdown been for you? Are things starting to look up? Are you doing Zoom, Zoom fitness classes? Yeah, doing Zoom fitness classes. Um, we have a little area in my building where I can teach people who live in the apartment complex. So I started hustling around trying to teach <laughs> lessons with my pads, my boxing pads, trying to get people out of the gym, you know? So, you know, I'm a hustler. Hustles are born, not made. I've been putting it together. Yeah, good for you. And it's because your, your little girl's been a big motivation, hasn't she? I know that the financial motivation was to go to, to, to MMA from boxing, where you've been excelling in boxing. Talk a little yeah. bit about that and the, and the difference and even within the, the levels of being, you know, towards the top of boxing and how much, how much better it was for you in MMA. Sure. So a lot of people talk about how boxing pays the boxers more, right? Like these guys are making these multi, multi-million dollar contracts and the MMA fighters want to come over, but it's not really true with the women. You know, I've never made six figures. I won a world title on HBO, Madison Square Garden, co-headline, didn't even make six figures. So, so wow. just to put it in perspective, like the money is a lot different. Not to say that um, the women are being paid so much more in MMA, but there's a lot more money being spread out nicer. So after yeah. my 15, I was 15 and 0, defending my WBC title at the Barclays Center, and they put me on to fight. Um, I sold forty thousand dollars in tickets, and they put me on to fight first before they even opened up the doors. And um, so I walked out holding my title WBC <laughs> title and there was not one person to clap their hands for me so wow. that was when I decided that you know women's boxing might not come around in my time my late 30s I gotta hop over to MMA and see if I can make some noise so yeah I did. you've been making some noise too um, and um with Bellator what is the difference then do you think it's just more organized than boxing and boxing's a bit I guess precarious every every fight has a separate negotiation yeah. it's a bit you know it depends on the promoter and, and the, the different details for sure. I always said that boxing is like that bad boyfriend, you know, like that cheats on you and yells at you, but you love him so much and you always go back. And like Bellator is like, like the boyfriend that has, is financially stable. He has health insurance. He's got everything going for him, you know, but you always go back to that old boyfriend because you feel something. That, that's yeah. the difference. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I suppose boxing is more polarized, isn't it? You think in terms of the money, like the very top versus the, the low level. Yeah. This is, the money's circulating in such a small percentage of hands. And it's like in MMA too, like there's exciting fights. There's, you can't wait to see this. Whereas in boxing, you really got to wait, wait, wait. You might get one or two great fights in a year. A lot of it is just like shows to make the money change hands and, you know, make the rich get richer and the rest of us just get more stitches. <laughs> <laughs> the fun, well, the financial pitch is better for you, but what about the technical side? It's not just that easy to say, I'm going to go to MMA, isn't it? What, what's that mm -hmm. been like, that process? Because I know you've done some kickboxing as well. Was, was that good? What, what, how much preparation did you do for that transition? Well, I think I trained for four months. Yeah. <laughs> I have a kickboxing karate background. And my, my boxing coach is a Xi'an, six-degree black belt in kickboxing karate and kickboxing kickboxing. So I had good coaches, good good corner, good team. I was with the Gracies for jiu-jitsu and I just it went on the fast track. But at the end of the day, my mom taught me like, if somebody steals your wallet, you don't care how good they are at jiu-jitsu, you kick their ass. So that's kind of <laughs> how we go into every fight. Like, just like it's a fight. Yeah, is that, but that, that, that sort of specter of the, the wrestler or the, the person with the jiu-jitsu expert ability on the ground, is, that, is it just takedown defense when you're trying to switch over is that the key thing rather than try and pretend to learn how to, to wrestle at, at that stage of your well, career? 
I had to get like some general knowledge, right? Like, so I would spend a lot of time trying to play catch up. Like, give me the, give me the bullet points, <laughs> things like that. But once, once, and I mean, it came through in all my sparring. Like, sometimes I'd have great rounds, and it would be like, oh my god. And then other times I was on the floor in twenty seconds. You know, it's like. So everything is so situational. You roll the dice. That's just what I did in MMA. Roll the dice. Let's see. Let's see if I can survive. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting as well because Justin Gaethje, obviously UFC star, he said that he had this wrestling background, but he never wrestles when he gets into the, the MMA ring because he wants to entertain. Do you feel that there is an appreciation of you because of your striking style? I think people love that I'm so tough, right? Like um, that I just am gritty. I like to fight. I, I like to get in it. And my former MMA career, you know, I went 50-50. It was half and half. People love my losses, my bloody losses, and my boring win more. <laughs> so you got you got to forget you got to forget the Queensbury rules, though, haven't you? When you go into MMA, because it was, was there a moment? I think it was one of your first fights against Alice Yaga, was it? When you when you hit her, she went down, and then you kind of stepped back like you would in boxing and. And waited for her to, to get there. yeah but my my coach my coach taught me don't fall for that garbage because next thing you know you're pounding on her and she's got you in a leg lock or something so you, yeah. you, you know we go up here we're not swimming we yeah, yeah. some people are good on their feet on the on the back sorry aren't they as well uh, what do you think about people like katie taylor and clarissa shields in boxing do you think they can can they change things or do you think there's a sort of institutional sort of bias against women in terms of the money and the, and the big shows I think they are changing things. They have changed things. Clarissa Shields went and has every year, every appearance, broken a new record, broken a new time, <laughs> two Olympic gold medals, every world title you could win and what is it, two or three different weight classes? I mean, she continues to impress. So there's no bad she can do. And Katie Taylor had a name long before her pro boxing career started. She did something almost unheard of, which was make a huge name for herself in the amateur ranks. Nobody mm -hmm. in women's boxing really, really did too much of that. So nothing but respect for both of those girls. They're doing incredible things for the next generation of female boxers to come. Yeah, does it come from the fans? Is that the difference with MMA, the, the, the sort of household names of MMA, MMA fighters, the female fighters? Is it, is it, is it, yeah? I think that it's, it's a lot to do with the promotion. If the promoters don't promote us, then how are people going to know we're there? I think, um, you, you know, Bellator, MMA really pushes their women. They're like, hey, we got this, this girl's fighting this girl, this girl's mm -hmm. fighting this girl. You know, a lot more names in there. Like, that's why people get to be household names, because they're introduced to the household. Women's yeah. boxing is like, I post my flyer on my door and whoever passes sees it. <laughs> Well, hopefully, hopefully it changes. I just wondered, though, what you think about the, because I guess we've all had this health anxiety and now the anxiety is becoming financial as well about, about the economy. Do you worry about female combat sports, women's sport in, in general with, when we come back? Well, I think all sports are, gonna, are kind of like, you know, literally three to four months behind. And I, I kind of wrap my mind around it that I probably won't fight until 2021. I mean, there's mm. going to be limited shows, but all the people who had existing contracts that were canceled are going to be first on the block to get these, these next lined up fights. Like we were in negotiations for a fight for me. There was no contract. So I'm really not anybody's priority. And coming off a loss last year, I'm really not anybody's priority. So I know for me, I'm going to have to sit back and wait and see what opportunities are out there for me, but I'm not super hopeful that I might do anything in a couple months. Yeah. We're in the States. We, we understand obviously the UK is a smaller place, but there's still different rules in Wales and Scotland than there has been in, in sure. England. And I know in the States has been affected differently in different lockdown regulations. How difficult would it be for you to prepare for a fight now in terms of sparring and, and those aspects of it? 
Well, um, the gyms are closed. I know one of the guys out of my Gleason's gym, Mikhail um, Les Pierre, is getting ready to fight in Vegas tomorrow. He did all his training up in Harlem in the park. They oh, duct tape wow. pads to a tree because there's no sparring. Nobody's interacting. Like, he, he works at the hospital, so he was an essential worker. Nobody could spar with him. Nobody could be around him. Mm. You know, that's a lot to ask for. So I know my best friend is a world champion. If I needed sparring, she'd go in the park and beat me up. Who's that? Uh, Ronica Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I know if I needed sparring, I'd have Ronica. If I had to, if I could fly down to Miami, go work out with um, Melissa Hernandez, let her smack the shit out of me. Like if a, <laughs> if a, if a real fight popped up, I think that at this stage of the lockdown, we'd be, be able to kind of manipulate things a little bit to make sure I was prepared. Yeah, so you've just kept, you've kept basically working on your CV and your, your sort of gra your basic fitness, have you? Yeah, just, you know, I've been teaching a lot of classes online, trying to stay in shape, but I haven't been on a diet in three months. <laughs> where's your, where's your weight? <laughs> you look great, but how's your weight? Oh, oh, I won't even hurt my feelings and step on that scale. We are not there yet. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> When you, when you look at MMA and the, the challenge of going from boxing to MMA, because there's not similar weight classes, how much of that was part of the, the process of deciding what weight category you go into? No, none. They line up. I fight at 126 and 125. So. Just called, called something different, yeah. Yep, just called something different. Fair enough. 126 and 125, so it's the same thing. Good stuff. And how, how do you assess your MMA progress from where you are? And what do you, what do you look for next in terms of the, the next opportunity? Well, I think that it's got to make sense, right? But give me somebody, you know, I'll fight anybody always. Like that goes without saying. A lot of people say that, but a lot of people don't mean it. But yeah. I really love it. if it makes sense, you know, it's got to make dollars to make sense. So if I get offered something nice, like I'm not, I already told my boxing promoter, I'm not going in and doing a six round fight for no reason. If you want me to fight, it's going to be for a world title. It's going to be on a big stage. You give me a reason to go on a diet, you know? And I felt <laughs> the same way about MMA. Of course, I'm not ready for a title shot, but you know, what's that girl's name with the tattoos? Beck something, Rowdy Beck, was calling okay. me out before. And I thought, shit, that's, that's a good match. I was doing it. And yeah. then we got cut off. So as long as it makes sense, man, I'll, I'll fight anybody. Any sport, sword fighting, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but how much, how much does the, the health considerations come into it? Because you wouldn't, wouldn't want to move up too far, would you, to, to fight one of the, the monsters in the divisions above? Well, in boxing, I will go up to 135. I'm yeah. definitely, like, I've already talked to my promoter and told him if we do get something, look at it in the terms of 130, 135. I know Bellator doesn't have 135-pound division. I would not be going up to 145, so my no. ass got pretty skinny. Like cyborg <laughs> or someone like that would be a bit big for you to Yeah, because, yeah. because they walk around so much bigger, and I'm only 5'5". Five five. Like, I'm not really built to be boxing and being in the cage with somebody that's going to walk in at 160 and kick my teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, yeah, probably makes sense, doesn't it? Because you must think about your health as well as a mother, don't you? you have, that has to be part of the picture, I suppose. Yeah, that's why it's got to make sense at this point. I'm not going in. I've had 61 stitches in my face. I broke and shattered my nose. Like, sleepless nights, pulled muscles. Like, my body's a mess. But So that's why every little bit got to make sense. Yeah, but 5'5 five, five and, and 135 would be Katie Taylor kind of territory, would it? Would that be yeah. of interest to you? I would love to fight Katie. I would love to fight Katie. But yeah. you know what? I'm not that important to her. 
So, so you got to know your place, right? Like I'm coming up from 126. She don't really care about me that much. It would be mm-hmm. nice if the fans asked for it. Then maybe I'll get it. <laughs> did if you, everybody want to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, well, that would be, that'd be fantastic. She's been, it's been said about her by Clarissa Shields that she struggles with pressure fighters. Maybe saw that with Delphine Pursoon last year in the unification fight, even though she ultimately got the judges uh, nod, but some people said that it, it went the other way. Do you think that would be true? Would that, would that be a tactic for you to approach that fight? I think, I think she's too smart for that. She's gonna, you know, she's still young in the sport of professional boxing. So she took on a very seasoned veteran and, mm. you know, she got real lucky that it went her way, but it wasn't a good night for her. So she learned, she's gonna learn from that. She's gonna learn from that. She's gonna work on that. She's not gonna take that as a one-off. She's too smart for that. Everybody said that, oh, just put pressure on her, put pressure on her. She's gonna be ready next time. Yeah. <laughs> not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> No, she, yeah, she might be stupid to take on Chris Cyborg, though, because Cyborg's talked about crossing over, and we spoke to her on this, on this conversation on YouTube, Chris Cyborg, and she kind of said she was welcome to Katie Taylor, but do you think the size differential is too much there with the, the way they are? I know, I know Katie's fought up at 140 now. Yeah, but Katie's like built kind of small, and Chris is very strong. I don't, I don't want to comment on though because I really don't know what Chris like walk around, walks around mm. at. Like, I think she fights at 145, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if they they she's did about five Katie. five eight, I think too. So she's got three inches probably on Katie. In terms a little of bit on Katie, but you know, I think um, maybe Cecilia Briggs would be a better matchup for for Chris, like a little bit more of a challenging. But who am I to say if she wants to fight Katie and Katie wants to fight her? Yeah. If it makes dollars, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you make of the the beef between uh, Clarissa Shields and Amanda Nunes as well? The uh, the UFC star, obviously, Nunes has said that she should come to the MMA. Uh, arena and she'll she'll take her down in, in two seconds and, and submit her how, how would you see that because Clarissa Shields says she might need six months to work out work on her takedown defense but Nunes laughed that out what's your impression of of well, where that should happen should it be one, one match in each each discipline maybe um I don't know I know Clarissa is a smart kid <laughs> so yeah. is she gonna be going in the cage I know she's gonna be ready to go in the cage she's um well-respected, well-known. She can probably get sparring from anybody she wants, MMA. I know she's close to Chris Cyborg. I'm sure Chris would work with her. And she knows she's not going to bite off more than she can chew. Hmm. Is she one of those cases where it's just natural talent? She's won two Olympic golds and, and three, three pro world, world titles already? Well, it's like when hard, meet, when hard work meets natural talent, that's unstoppable. I ain't got no natural talent. My ass got to work hard. <laughs> but Clarissa is a, a perfect mix of both. Same with Katie Taylor. With, with all the top tier fighters, right? They have this natural ability that has to be backed with hard work. Hey, you've only got one defeat on your boxing record, to be fair. So that's a pretty prestigious record. Yeah. Now, what's the, Amanda Sorrell, how would you see her? against Katie Taylor, because that fight was listed, wasn't it? There's a bit of a grudge match involved because Katie had fought her sister, Cindy, in the past. Yeah, I mean, I saw the fight with Cindy. Cindy had great defense in that fight, like, was able to read everything, move around, you know. I, believe it or not, even though Cindy lost the fight, I was impressed with how she did in that fight because she didn't punch. Mm. And it was almost like she was just, you know, like, play. Like, it was like a play sparring session. Almost getting Katie frustrated at points. So, to me, I was impressed with the way that that played out. But what's so exciting about this fight is it could go either way. Amanda always got to punch his chance. If, yeah. if Katie shows that she, she don't have a chance, she's going to have a long night. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you think the years might, not that Katie's old, but do you think that you might years of boxing, all that amateur background, would that catch up with her at some point? Do you think that you talk about the wear and tear of the, the sport on your body that perhaps she, she gets a little jaded from it? Well, if that's the case, then Amanda's the same way because she's been a pro for like 10 years, right? Mm. Or some, something like, I don't mm. know how long she's been a pro. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I mean, it will go the same way because Amanda's been in the gym doing this for just as long as well. Yeah. What's your general take on the, on the, the difficulty of moving between the disciplines, between mixed martial arts and boxing? Because we're, what, what is the easier way? You've come from boxing to MMA. Do you feel that's an easier switch than, than MMA? Oh, to, yeah. It's it's so hard and it's the boring technical stuff that's hard like like your boxing stance and your mma stance totally different the movement not being able to bounce off the ropes and you know your back hits the ropes like i can play you 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 have fun over there your back hits the cage it's like oh i gotta get out of here you know <laughs> and especially when you're trans transitioning from one sport to the next there's always going to be one you're way more comfortable with so I noticed that when I would box, I box and I'm in charge. We fight when I want to fight. I rest when I want to rest. In MMA, it's like nine one one. It's like a dogish chase for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and then when you switch back, it gets hard because I'm in a boxing ring acting like a dogish chase for me, and I have to be like, be smart. Yeah, and that, yeah, because people like Francis Ngannou talking about maybe fighting Dillian White in a in a boxing match or maybe a, an MMA match. We're not sure where that would happen. But when you go from MMA to boxing, how difficult would that be? Because then reducing everything, that you, all of your weaponry. It's really hard to go from MMA to boxing because first of all, you're not conditioned to punch that much, right? Like, so the boxing training is a lot. Boxing training involves like a lot of running, a lot of like stamina drills and things like that. Whereas MMA is a lot more strength drills. So it's just, it's like a shock, especially when you do it one into the next. Like I, I think I had an MMA fight, a boxing match and an MMA fight, like back to back to back. And my body was like, not doing good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because that do you get in the ring when you actually you, your your mind can't connect what you're doing sometimes. 100%. Is that, is that the issue? Your, your your positioning, how far to be away from somebody. Like you got to train your reflexes so different. Yeah, if someone can kick you in the head, it's a bit different, isn't it? You can, <laughs> in terms of range, you got to stand back a little bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. And then, um, yeah, I suppose would would you imagine that a boxer was fighting? You know, someone who was who was so strong, like in Ghana, if Dillian White fought him in a boxing ring, would it be a case of, of, of just using his jab and establishing that jab in terms of the frequency of punches? Do you think just be clever, clever with it? Um, it's, it's so, there's so many things in the mix when it comes to MMA. Like, you could have all these fancy plans about uh, doing nice boxing, and then all of a sudden your legs are getting kicked out from underneath you, and your jabs aren't reaching no more. You know, you've got to have a plan B. You can't go into an MMA cage and think that the only thing you're going to do is box the person. Yeah. Don't like that. We're hearing, we hope, we hope it's confirmed that Bellator may be coming back in, in July. How excited are you potentially about that? I am. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. Like, I have so many friends and stuff that compete, so I'm excited to see them get back in the cage and do things. You know, like I, like I said, I, I'm not really a priority for anybody because, you know, I, I didn't come off any wins last year so i'll just be sitting kind of waiting hoping somebody calls me out <laughs> and what and, and what will you make of the the whole thing of, of no fans there how will that affect you do you think you do you get someone who's motivated by the crowd or would you be you say you came in sometimes oh, no before fans. the main event so you were you you were quite used to not having fans in the past it don't matter i fought on the street before no fans nobody to clap <laughs> we spar like tooth and people always say sparring isn't like fighting 
to me it is i don't care i'll fight anybody anyway i really don't care if 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 you know if scott coker says we're gonna have a fist fight in my backyard have you want to come okay There's a boxing promoter in the UK, Eddie Hearn, who might be having a, a show in, literally in their, in their back garden. So it's going to be I heard. That's yeah. so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's, I suppose there's an opportunity to be creative with it now, isn't there, without fans? Do you expect there to be some interesting locations maybe for Bellator? Well, probably, like, I know that with boxing, we were talking about maybe doing it in, like, the famous gyms, because I train at Gleason's, and, like, yeah. it was like, I wonder if we can put on a show behind closed doors there. Like, I heard somebody, didn't they just do a show, like, in a hotel or something? I think I heard that, I yeah. Yeah, they've moved away from the arenas, maybe. Maybe the arenas just highlight the lack of fans. Yeah, I think most of us fighters, though, would really fight anywhere. Like, it wouldn't matter. If they set up the cage in the middle of the Bell Parkway, I'd go do it. <laughs> <laughs> how, is, how is Gleason's doing, by the way? Because that's a big, serious topic, isn't it, with gyms that they've been it's suffering? It's doing good. I, I, I live right up the street, so every now and then the owner will call me and tell me go down, check the mail, or, you know, <laughs> and I get to just, like, walk around the bags and hug them and cry because we're not yeah. allowed to work out there, but... Jim is doing okay. We're doing okay. We're hoping to be open in the month. Good, good. We're glad it's uh, glad it's relaxing. And one thing I wanted to ask you about quickly was commentators. Would that you know would that uh, wind you up having them listening to what they're saying at ringside or, or in the uh, the cage? Well, it depends. If I, it depends on what uh, network was uh, <laughs> commentators, because some of them are such a bad word. I want to say the bad word. I don't like them all. Let's just say that. Fair and enough. I think if I heard them. I might be like yelling back at them while I was fighting. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Give me, give me a prediction for Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor. Um, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because I'm always wrong and I don't want to jinx anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Well, that's um, brilliant. Uh, Heather, great to speak to you. I'm glad you're well. I'm glad that things are, are relaxing a little bit in, in Brooklyn and in New York. And hope you get down to Gleason soon. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Good stuff. There you have, guys. Uh, Heather Hardy, really appreciate her time. Check out all our content on Sky Sports YouTube. And we have Bellator Recharged on Saturday nights on Sky Sports. There we have it. Heather Hardy, uh, great to speak to. I do hope she gets to get out soon and the fitness training business gets up and running back to normal as well in New York. I know hearing feeds coming over from the States, little bits of information, the PGA Tour Golf. I know there's been a few outbreaks of coronavirus, an NBA player tested positive this week and, and sensed that, that maybe um, there's a kind of second spike coming in the States of coronavirus, although I'm also cognizant that testing will indicate perhaps where we didn't know before there was coronavirus. So could well be we're just more aware of it, which is probably a good thing, I suppose, in some senses. Such a strange uh, virus, isn't it? Very unique, idiosyncratic. But yeah, I hope she gets back out soon to, to box or to do MMA. She seems pretty open to it. It's very self-deprecating, which I thought was... You know, a little bit sad, kind of saying, you know, she's not big on anyone's radar, but she is a former world champion. The only defeat coming to Amanda Serrano, who's likely to go up against Katie Taylor in the near future. A bit of blockbuster boxing match when women's boxing gets back up to speed. We've got Terry Harper, who's a world champion in the UK as well. So women's boxing seems on the up, but interesting that Heather says the money, even to headline the iconic Madison Square Garden, wasn't necessarily all that good for her so that was pretty revealing um let me know what you think of that if you enjoy some of these work conversations a little bit different to the ones i do naturally on the podcast where it's kind of more about people's lives and stuff this is kind of more sports focused working for a sports broadcaster you can imagine why whereas quite often a, a sort of 
chat that I have with people on here, with sports people, talk around issues and kind of relate it back to normal life. But it's it's a snapshot, I think, and quite interesting tactically and technically about those two combat sports and how she's embraced mixed martial arts yet still open to, to box again and she's trying to support her little girl and I've got a little girl as well and I think we all appreciate that sentiment and wish her the best of luck and the injuries sound brutal don't they as well so thank you for listening to the podcast thank you to Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV specialists in home installation of top quality equipment do check them out and also cytoplan.co.uk you know to boost optimize your immune system at the moment. I think we're all cognizant of it, isn't, aren't we? And uh, food-based supplements from Cytoplan. Immunovite is the one my father, GP, and nutritionist recommends. Got it right this time. And you can find that at cytoplan.co.uk and Draper10 for a 10% discount. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Set to be hot and then stormy in the UK. Thunderstorms, uh, summer kind of very much upon us as, as things start to open up. Had a beer in the park today which was nice from an open air bar that's back up and running in a place called Imperial Gardens. So thank you for listening guys. And I'll speak to you again soon. Appreciate it.